and welcome into another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast or watching lot or watching not live on YouTube, but recorded after the fact. Ryan and I will go live after Saturday's game against Penn State, but it's Friday. Uh, we're here to preview that game, Michigan at Penn State. Joining me is former Wolverine Ryan Van Bergen, as he always does. We'll be here a couple times for you this weekend. Ryan, what's going on? How's the last week been for you? Uh, things are good. Um, you know, we're uh, obviously looking forward to a football game. My daughter just turned two months old today, and she's doing well. So mom and dad now officially get to sleep more than three hours in a burst, pediatrician's prescription. So uh, think all things are looking at, looking up and looking forward to watching another game with her tomorrow. Cool. Before we uh, before we get into the game, uh, this was a Michigan's going to go into Happy Valley. Um, they are a one and a half point favorite. It's a tough place to play, but Michigan gets a break uh, to a certain extent. It's never a break when you go on the road. You go somewhere else and play in the Big Ten, but they will play in the daylight, which is can you know considering how the last couple games in Happy Valley have gone as night games. Michigan will take a daylight game. So, but you've played in a couple of these in Happy Valley, Ryan. What can you tell us as a former player about that atmosphere and what this current team will be going into on Saturday? Penn State's a pretty electric environment. All of the Big Ten venues have their own allure to them, but Penn State's got a, definitely a special place. Um, it's one of those places that when you play away, you're like, I wish I played here for home games, even when you get spoiled spoiled with the big house uh, playing for Michigan. But uh, if you've ever been to Happy Valley, it's a kind of a sleepy little area in the middle of nowhere. I don't think there's a building that's over three stories tall anywhere in that area besides the giant erector slash transformer that is uh, the Nittany Lion stadium um happy it's not a night game uh, i just feel like they played better at night uh when, when they have opponents there so i think that works in our favor but regardless it's going to be a hostile environment and it's a big opportunity the biggest knock or one of the biggest knocks on jim harbaugh and his tenure here at michigan is that he struggles to win the big game on the road and this is a big game this is a game on the road and uh, i think this would do a lot to reputation especially this year with that loss in east lansing uh, this will be getting the wheels back on track, and I think it'd be a big opportunity for him to kind of clear his name in that respect of uh, being able to win one on the road. Well, it's a big game for Michigan until they win it, right? Then everyone moves the goalposts. That's usually mm-hmm. how it goes. But no, uh, you look at this Penn State team, and we'll get right into it here. Uh, they are six and three on the season. Uh, they started out, I believe, yeah, five and zero, oh, and then had a tough loss at Iowa where Sean Clifford got hurt, um, lost that. I put it in parentheses, nine overtime game against Illinois, even though it's you know basically a glorified two-point conversion fest. And then they lost a third game in a row uh, when they went down to Ohio State, uh, 33-24, but gave them a game. It was you know it was probably the first close game that the Buckeyes had played in a month. So and then last week, uh, Maryland, uh, Maryland, uh, they go play at Maryland, win 31-14. So I mean, this is a Penn State team that you know they're out. What have we talked about the last couple of weeks where, you know, despite everything that's gone on with Michigan, they went into November with a chance to win the Big Ten East. Um, so you can call in the here and now like their goals are still ahead of them. For Penn State, they have similar expectations of a program, and they were out of it before Halloween, which we've seen Michigan in that uh, scenario before. Um, you know, sometime or, you know, recently a couple of times when it probably shouldn't have happened, but. This is a Penn State team that uh, is talented on both sides of the ball. They got a couple NFL guys on their defense. Sean Clifford's a fifth-year senior, one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Uh, Jahan Dotson is a guy who's probably a fringe first-round talent at wide receiver. So 
This is a very talented Penn State team. I guess what have you seen? I don't know how much of them you've watched this year, Ryan, but what have you seen from them? I've actually gotten to see a good amount uh, of Penn State. Um, they're very good defensively. They might be the best defense in the Big Ten when you watch them. They're very elaborate with the amount of pressures that they run. They're not afraid to run pressure on first down, second down, third down. They'll bring it anywhere, anytime. And uh, they're very good defensively. And I think that's something that we should be aware of going in, that it's going to be tough to move the ball, to pick up yards, to score in the red zone, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But all those things are going to come tough against Penn State. Offensively, they operate off of Clifford and uh, Dotson. You know, if you look at some of the games that Dotson's had, if he doesn't score a touchdown, they lose the game. They lost to Illinois. He didn't score a touchdown. Uh, they lost to uh, Ohio State. He didn't score a touchdown. And then Wisconsin, he didn't score a touchdown. So if we can keep somehow Dotson out of the end zone, I like our chances against Penn State. The offense seems to require his uh, game to be on top in order for them to, to come out with a win. They're not a team that uh, I feel like traditionally they've, you know, had uh, Evan Robertson, uh, Saquon Barkley, guys that can really run the football this year for whatever reason that hasn't been their bread and butter. Uh, so if we can limit what Dobson does against us or Dotson does against us and find ways to make sure that he doesn't beat us, I'd like to see the other nine guys, not Clifford, not Dotson, see what, uh, what happens uh, with those nine guys. So uh, as long as we can do that, Penn State's a beatable team. If uh, Dotson's going off and has, you know, 10-plus receptions and a touchdown or two, we're going to be in a dogfight. Yeah, it's – you don't want to simplify it too much, but it to me it feels similar when Mich- to when Michigan went there in 2019 where it was, you know, what's the big thing you put on the whiteboard and underline and capitalize all week is don't let K.J. Hamler beat you. Uh, this time around, it feels like it's Jahan Dotson. That's a guy that, um, you know, like you said, if he goes off – that's and not to simplify it too much, but when you look at how Michigan matches up in this game, um, you know I, I know Penn State has some other weapons. Uh, Parker Washington's been a, a good receiver for them. Nice little complimentary piece, but Dotson's kind of the guy. Um, and running the football, I think they're averaging only about three point two yards per carry uh, so far this year. So you don't want to oversimplify it, but it really does feel like if you can limit the damage that Dotson does, because I mean he's he's a pro player. He's going to be playing at the next level next year. A lot, very talented. You probably won't completely shut him down, especially if Michigan's a little bit banged up at cornerback. We're not sure. Um, it doesn't seem like Jamon Green will be out there this week or maybe the next couple of weeks. But DJ Turner's been coming on, and, and I feel like Vincent Gray's been playing fairly well. But um, yeah, that feels like that. That feels like a key to the game on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, it's going to be what it has been. Uh, Hutchinson, Ojabo, those guys are going to have to set the tone for the Wolverines. I, I believe uh, it's either Clayton when we did the, the podcast yesterday, wherever it was. Um, their left tackle has given up, I think, 19 pressures on the year, and their right tackle has given up 24 pressures on the year. And now you have to go up against those two guys. You might be able to slow one of them down, but as we've seen, I don't think it's possible to slow both of them down. So those guys have to come play as well. Um, that's really the matchup defensively I'm looking at as something that can turn the game for Michigan. You know, Clifford is, has been around for a bit. He's seen a little bit of everything. Um, but for any quarterback, you speed him up, you speed up that process, the ball comes out a little quicker, sometimes some silly things happen. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge key in this game for the Wolverines, and especially with how that, uh, you know, those guys get there, it's going to make the job a lot easier on the secondary and slowing down guys like Dotson and Washington. 
Yeah, and I mean, Dotson also, you look at him, he's got a lot of receptions that are long receptions. He plays past the sticks a lot, which honestly probably works in our favor. That gives Ajabo and Hutchinson some time to get there. But uh, I agree with you. I also think it's been interesting with the addition of Michael Barrett and McDonald adopting our defense or adapting our defense so we don't have to do so many personnel changes. I think that with Barrett coming in and playing more nickel, that moves Daxton Hill back to the safety slot, which I think he's better at safety personally. And I feel like we'll see a lot of bracket, especially on the passing downs. We know that they're, that they're throwing at third and longs. Um, you're going to see Dax, I think a little over the top and favoring the side that Dotson's on. And then maybe JT Turner gets his opportunity at corner to play underneath. Uh, but I definitely expect to, and I think it's the right way to approach it to see a bracket on whatever side Dotson's on. And let's see if they'll throw it to the other side of the field. Uh, but it'll definitely be a test. The only thing that I think works in our favor that our coverage guys shouldn't have to be there, you know, two and a half, maybe three seconds. But after that, Hutchinson or Ajabo is going to be getting Clifford off his spot. Yeah, so let's go into some areas of uh, – we'll start with areas of concern for Michigan. For me, coming out of last week, it's the injuries. Uh, I think that given where we stand on Friday, I think it's probably question mark uh, unlikely that we see a guy like Blake Corum this week um, – Things seem promising on the Donovan Edwards side of things, so they're going to have to lean on a guy like Hassan Haskins again. But, you know, a lot of guys coming in and out of that injury tent during that game against Indiana, which is something we didn't like to see. But it does seem like a lot of those guys will be back, just it's a matter of how ready they are to play and the type of impact they have on a game. Uh, Something you and I have been harping on is the red zone offense. Um, Eric All suited up last week but didn't play. I feel like that's going to be a guy, him and Luke Schoonmaker, uh, that can be – that can be an area of emphasis in the red zone because Penn State has one of the better red zone defenses in college football too. So I guess right now, to me, it's a lot of things we've talked about before. It's the injuries, and I mean, I think that Michigan has the goods to slow down uh, Penn State on the offensive end of the ball uh, or the offensive side of things uh, to where, you know, it's not one of those games where I think if you kick field goals, it's going to like going to crush you. But again, can you finish drives with seven points instead of three? I mean, if Michigan's scoring touchdowns when they get down there in this game, I feel like you have to feel a lot better about their chances of maybe winning this one kind of going away because there are a lot of matchups on paper. Where, I mean, I, I know we expect a tight game, but it feels like Michigan's just a better football team. I think they're more well-rounded, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, you know, especially with our ability to run the football in Penn State, for whatever reason, again, seems to lack that ability this year, or it's just not, uh, it's not, they're not a diverse offense. They're definitely going to look to try and get their yards through the air. Um, they'll throw the run in there a little bit, but I don't think they're as balanced as we can be. If we choose to be balanced is another story by our play calling and stuff like that, but uh, we're definitely a little more balanced. Matchup that I'm looking forward to is our offensive line and their offensive line because Clifford's been sacked, I think, 18 times. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the Big Ten, and he's even missed two games. I mean, that's saying something that he's leading in that category. Um, and on the, you know, con- conversely, Cade McNamara has been sacked, I think, three, you know, so we haven't given up a lot of sacks. There's been pressure, but not a lot of sacks. If we can get pressure with four, pressure with five, uh, with Hutchinson, Ajabo, and keep Clifford contained. He's a better runner than I think people give him credit for. We're gonna, probably going to have to either spy or, or stunt and, and make sure he doesn't get away from us uh, while we're pressuring. But if we can get more sacks than they get and more pressure than they get, I think we're going to have 
uh, a better game offensively than they will. And it'll be interesting to see because we've struggled a little bit on the offensive line. One, we don't know who's healthy, but two, it's not like pressures are necessarily what's getting us. Yes, there were some nickel pressures, some corner pressures that got us in the Indiana game, but a lot of times it's just four-man twist and four-man games. And if we're struggling with four-man games against Penn State, it's going to be a lot harder to move the ball than it was against an Indiana. So uh, be interesting to see how our O-line can protect Cade and how their O-line can protect uh, Clifford. And whoever does a better job there might be the result in who wins a game. Yeah, and it might. this might be a game, too, where it just simply comes down to – better quarterback play. I mean, Sean Clifford, we've seen, you know, I I can, I think we can safely say he's one of the better quarterbacks in the big 10, maybe not a superstar, but he's played a lot of football games for them. He's won a lot of football games for them. Um, and on the flip side, Cade McNamara, we know he's kind of been working through something. I know there's an upper body injury. Uh, there's been talk of maybe some kind of lower body injury too, but you know, the fact of the matter is he spent some time in that tent last week as well. And he's a little bit banged up, but I think what he's shown is that he's a gamer and he can, he can make plays um, when given the opportunity, but yeah, the offensive line. I don't want to say they've they've really regressed since the year has gone on, but you know they started out so well, uh, and Michigan ran the ball so well to start the year. It felt like a bar was set for them to keep getting better, and I feel like the last couple of weeks it's kind of been um, been a little bit in quicksand. Um, you know, it seems like it's just not. And injuries are part of that too. I know Zinter was banged up. Keegan's been banged up. They played, I think, five guards in that game against Nebraska. So, um, you know, continuity and just getting snaps together have, have been, um, that's been something that's been worked on as well. But yeah, uh, I look at that. Um, you know, who's going to keep their quarterback cleaner? Uh, who's going to make both of those? Neither of these quarterbacks really make a ton of mistakes. So that's going to be something that'll be really interesting to watch as well. Um, but we look at matchups where you feel confident about what Michigan brings to the table and how they size up in a game like this. What are some areas that you're looking at? We already hit on it, but I think Ojabo and Hutchinson are going to have a field day. One of those guys is going to have three sacks this game. One of them, uh, for sure, I think. Because I just feel like their offensive line has not done a good enough job protecting Clifford. And if you're going against two edge guys with the talent that they have, that we're I mean, I don't know that there's another twosome in the Big Ten or maybe even in the country that is as dynamic as Hutchinson Ojabo combo has come to be to this point. Um, so I think that that's something that I love our matchup. I love our, our defensive ends versus their pass protection. Um, another thing I like, I honestly like our front seven in general versus Penn state. We've talked about so far that they haven't really been able to get a run game going. And if we can maintain that and make them a one dimensional team and all they're doing is looking to put it in the air and they stop or they abandon the run that lets you tee off as a defensive lineman, lets you come off the ball a little faster. You don't have to worry about reading run pass. And once that's the case, then all of a sudden the sacks start pump, uh, bumping up the amount of pressure you're getting starts bumping up because uh, you know, you've got no bridle on, you're just coming out like, like a, like a horse coming out of the starting gate. So uh, I really like that matchup. I also, I think, I think that I like the matchup of our tight ends, whether that's Schoenmacher or Eric all being able to get free in coverage uh, against Penn state. I know they're linebacker you, but watching them in a couple of games that I've watched, uh, I feel like I've seen a couple of times where the tight end is the one where you've got the best matchup. They're good in the secondary, but your tight end is going to be where you have the best matchup on third and fives, third and sixes, red zone. I'm going to keep harping on. We got to use these guys in the red zone. They're an answer, not the answer, but an answer in the red zone. So um, 
I like to see our tight ends get loose again, uh, see Schumacher and maybe all, you know, get 10 targets between them. Uh, but definitely want to see Hutchinson and Ojabo uh, win National Defensive Player of the Week, one of those two with the amount of pressures that they can bring on Clifford. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, and I also think, uh, you know, for as good as for as good as Penn State's defense is, uh, I'm looking forward to see how Hassan Haskins fares. I mean, even if Blake Corum is on the field somehow, which it, it kind of seems like it's trending the wrong direction. Um, you know, Donovan Edwards, if he's healthy, he's not going to come in and play a Blake Corum role. It's going to be the Hassan Haskins show. Um, you know, seeing how they do, because it seems like Michigan has never truly had to lean. Like they've, it, I think it's kind of been apparent to us that, Haskins is is their best running back at least over the last couple seasons. Um, maybe not the most explosive, maybe the mo- not the most dangerous in the open field. But um, last week was really it was eye opening that you know what you might be able to give this guy the ball 25, 27, 30 times a game, and that's guy that guy's going to take you where you want to be. So um, you know when I talked to Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl a couple weeks ago, he talked about how these this run of stretch games for a guy like Haskins playing defenses like Michigan State. And, and Penn State, and uh, at the time he was talking about Northwestern and Ohio State, and all these these teams that they played in the second half of the year, that was going to be a good showcase for him. And I think that you know you look at a game like last week, he made himself a lot of money, um, you know, in prime time, uh, just showing what he can do. I think he's a little more dangerous in the open field than um, than we maybe thought. At least you know we, he's not going to turn on the afterburners and, and dust a safety, but. Uh, he can get out there and run a little bit too. So Hassan Haskins, what he's able to do, you know that Penn State's going to load the box and try and try and take him out of the game. But um, you know he's come up with some big time performances. And like I said, if Penn State does load it up, who's going to emerge? You know, again, it's going to be Cade. You're going to have to throw it. Who's going to emerge at wide receiver? It looks like Andre Anthony will probably be back this week. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But Still waiting for a, really a big-time breakout game there. I know Cornelius Johnson kind of quietly had one last week, but um, you know, down the stretch, we know what's going to happen with these games where you're going to have to – someone's going to have to step up and make a play in a big moment, and this is a big game on the road. So those are some of the things that I'll be looking for. Uh, let's go to game predictions, Ryan. I want to hear your prediction and also a player of the game that you think will emerge as the guy we're talking about when we do our podcast tomorrow. I think Michigan's going to come away with this one. Um, if things shake out the way that I think they will, I think it'll probably be low scoring game. I think defensively we're going to be duking it out. Um, and I don't think it's going to be uh, a bunch of offensive fireworks. If it is offensive fireworks, I don't know that it'll necessarily be working in our favor. Uh, so I'm predicting something in like in the neighborhood of like a 31, 21 win, uh, 28, you know, I'll stick with 31, 31, 21 win, 10 point victory. Um, I, I just worry about Dotson getting in the end zone. If he can find the end zone more than once, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, player of the game. I'm going to go with Dax Hill. I'm going to go with Dax Hill and make a bold prediction. I think that we're going to, we know where they're going and they're not going to change their identity as Penn state. We know that they're going to look his way, regardless of what the coverage is. I think you're going to see some brackets between the corner playing underneath and then Dax playing over top. And I think Dax is more comfortable at that safety position and he's going to hawk a ball or two and maybe even take one back. That's not a prediction, but I think Dax Hill is going to come down with at least one interception and be, it'll be a critical interception that gets us that second score that's over top of them. And he's going to be my player of the game when all is said and done. Okay, well, like I talked about about uh, you know the chat with Jim Nagy and these showcase games, uh, Dax Hill is quietly kind of on the fringe of first round conversation right now. So maybe this is one of those games where he has a big showing and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, that's why he's he's considered as good as he is." So I like that prediction. 
Um, in the the staff picks we did on the Wolverine.com, which you can go read at the Wolverine.com right now, uh, I picked a little more high scoring of an affair. I picked 30 to 28 Michigan. Um, you know, the irony in me saying for weeks that uh, you can't just keep relying on Jake Moody is that a Jake Moody kick could literally decide a game like this. Uh, these ones on the road can always be kind of tight. Um, we saw it at Nebraska. We saw it at Michigan State. Um, not so much at Wisconsin, but uh, Jake Moody's been talking about for a while how he has envisioned a game-winning field goal coming off his foot. And, and I hope it's not that close tomorrow. You want to be a little more comfortable when we do this show after the game. But, you know, I think that there will be some points scored uh, by both teams. I don't feels like every time I pick a slugfest, the over hits. And every time I pick uh, some kind of, you know, points extravaganza, I pick an under. But I'm going 30 to 28 here. Uh, player of the game. You know, it's been a couple weeks since we had a uh, – I think that Cade McNamara is going to show up in a big way. He, he This game was taken from him last year. It was his first career start against Penn State. Uh, he was knocked out of the game with an injury and never really got to finish it. I think that will probably light a fire under him. Um, and I think that the way that Penn State is probably going to play Michigan defensively, it's going to necessitate him having a big game. And I, I think that he's ready to shoulder that and – I think he's going to be in for for a nice showing on Saturday. So I'm going to go with Cade McNamara as my pick for player of the game. Ryan, any final thoughts as we close out our preview here? Just that I'm concerned about our second half. Uh, I feel like this is a game that uh, we could easily, you know, get up early and, and have the momentum rolling and our run games working and we're controlling the tempo of the game, feeling like we have all the answers. And then all of a sudden they come out schematically in the second half and do what Rutgers did, do what Wisconsin was trying to do, Nebraska. Uh, some of these teams that made comebacks in the second half. Penn State has all the elements with the, the star receiver and a veteran quarterback. You will never have them put it away until there's zeros on the clock in the fourth quarter. And James Franklin's a heck of a coach. I feel like we've been outcoached in the second half. The halftime adjustments, we, we've we been losing that battle uh, as we return to the field for the third quarter. So I'll be very interested to see. Yeah, I want to see us win the first half, but I'll be very interested to see what happens in the third quarter, especially the first couple possessions back and forth, because that's going to dictate if we're biting our nails at the end of the game or you know if we're able to sit back and let our, let our uh, backs hit the back of the recliner as we're watching Michigan football. So uh, that'll be something big that I'm looking for is can we win the third quarter at, at away in a big game? Because that's just not where we're strong or not where we've been strong so that'll be a big indication that we're turning a page yeah and it's gonna be it, this is definitely too soon for me to say this but if you find yourself up two scores in the second half uh just keep scoring uh put it away. yeah <laughs> just put the yep. game away um so yeah no i'm with you on all that um that's gonna do it for our preview here a quick in and out for us we'll be back saturday uh, to do live reactions after the game we will do uh the sunday podcast where we break it down a little bit more I'll uh, remind everyone that as of right now, you can join the Wolverine.com uh, for $1 over the next year. We just joined the on three network. Uh, it's been so awesome. Uh, the response has been incredible. So we've extended our $1 offer to you guys. You're going to get um, you know, premium information on the message boards. You're going to get uh, some of the stuff, the columns from Chris, myself, Clayton, John Borden, all these other guys uh, on our staff that have been, you know, they bust their butts to put out good insider content for you. So, we're giving that to you for a year. There's nothing on this planet you can get for a year for $1. Uh, so please take advantage of that. Uh, the link to that will be in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, etc. So 
that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys. Leave us a subscribe if you're on YouTube. Leave us a, a nice review uh, on the other platforms for podcasts. For Ryan Van Bergen, this is Anthony Broom. Michigan and Penn State, Saturday, noon, ABC. We'll talk to you after the game.